Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Honor the Wayne Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons. And I'm joined by former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines and a host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. Today's guest, former Michigan running back Chris Horn. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you today? No doubt, man. It's just amazing being here. I run a, uh, I've got a full show, Afternoons 3 to 6 and Cumulus down here in Huntsville, Alabama. So I look forward to it. This episode is sponsored by Jabs Gym. Learn the fundamentals of boxing through high-intensity strength and cardio workouts with locations in Metro Detroit, the Eastern Market, Ferndale, and Birmingham. We would also like to thank Juke. You can purchase their gear at jukefootball.com. Last Saturday, the number one Wolverines defeated Iowa 26-0 in the Big Ten Championship down in Indianapolis. J.J. McCarthy went 22-30 of 30 for 147 yards. Blake Corum has 16 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns. Cornelius Johnson had nine catches for 64 yards. Head coach Jim Hart was back on the sidelines after his three-game suspension. The win gives the Wolverines their third straight Big Ten title. We'll start with Chris. What are your thoughts about the victory versus Iowa? First of all, I love the victory. Of course, we all want to get that. Iowa always is a problem, yo. I mean, their suffocating defense is well-scripted. They did what they need to do to keep the game informational and entertaining. But at the end of the day, offense is what won the game for us. I just I just want to put that game in the back of my mind because some of the things from a running back perspective that I did not like about the game was – I'm be honest with you. That was probably, can I just say it? I don't think it was the most highly valuable output for the running back position. And frankly, oh. you know, just being straight honest with you, uh, I, I did not like the scheme. I didn't know what we were trying to accomplish. Uh, all I knew is I wanted to win. That's that's what it became a part of it for me. It just seemed like we wanted to get Blake, you know, give him what he needed to get uh, to meet the record. But, man, we got to really, really clean that up from a running back perspective because I saw – I was really impressed with Col- with the big fella. You know, he comes in at the running back position, and he was pounded, pounded, pounded. I didn't see how – we can't win not having an identity in terms of which running backs are going to do what. I'm sorry. I just – I was a little disappointed, and I was underwhelmed. Even Blake missed several cuts. He missed several cuts. And I'm going to be honest, man. This is the time of year, and guys, you can probably fill it in. It's the NFL time of the year, bro. I, if if I was watching that All-22, that film, and I'm grading uh, the running back position, uh, I'd give it a C-. minus. <sighs> and I don't know how we recover from that because when you're playing against Alabama, I'm, I'm, I'm right here in Alabama, born and raised. I came from Alabama. Uh, to Michigan I know the Alabama team my brother played running back at Alabama I know a lot of the current players let me tell you what they're going to do they're not as disciplined as Iowa I'm just going to say it out of the bat they're not going to be as disciplined as Iowa which works to our advantage this is the best Uh Washington would have been a better makeup for us but in terms of from guard to guard baby you're talking about some 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 dancing teddy bears at Alabama and you cannot you're not going to finesse and influence those dudes. So 
I think that from a real honest perspective, we got to really, I don't know. We can't come back with that. Now, I don't play the offensive line, but I play fullback like, like Bunch did. And the center position is a problem. And I don't know whether the big fella yeah. was hurt or what the situation was, but we're going to need some athletic feet, bro, to win this ball game if we're going to run the ball. It's not going to be just straight power. That's not you, – you, we can play smash, but we need some athletic big man dancing teddy bear feet. That's my takeaway. Thomas, what are your feelings about the game? Hey, big bro said it best. Um, I was watching the game with some of my guys as we were enjoying some quality libations and some good sticks. Absolutely. As we like to do. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> even as, as an offensive lineman, there were several plays where I'm like, where is he looking? The hole was to the right. Um, we're not displacing the line of scrimmage as I've been talking about all year. Before we came on with, with, with this broadcast, going back and just going back and watching Alabama play, to Chris's point, Bama's run blitzes are reckless, but they're yes. reckless in a way that they cause so much confusion. And our inability to get to the second level against Iowa is going to be even uh, greater, greater magnified um, in this upcoming game if we don't make those corrections. Their pass rush coming off the edge, again, gives me some pause. Go back to the Penn State game, and I said it time and time again. Our tackles have trouble with speed rushers. What do we do to negate that? Obviously, you know, we, we talked about how many times we ran the ball in the second half or how many times we passed the ball or didn't pass the ball in the second half, i.e. zero. But again, when you continue to look at what I consider to be these inconsistencies up front, I think in this Bama game, they're going to be magnified to an extent based off the level of athleticism that the tie brings to the table. The Big Ten at this point is reverting back to what it was probably when Chris and I played. It's us nice. in Ohio State. And so we get all excited about a lot of things that we see but because of the fact that we really haven't been tested until the end of the year is when you really start to get a more uh, genuine grade as to what's taking place in all facets of the game. When I look at uh, Bama's um, wide receivers, the speed that they bring, to, like they, it, it literally looks like track guys out there trying to win the 100-meter um, sprint in the Olympics when you watch those guys run. So – it's going to be interesting, but I'm hoping, praying, wishing that the level of of preparedness that we bring into bowl practice, I'm hoping that our training staff doesn't get any sleep because they're working overtime to get everybody healed up. And to your point, Chris, I think Nugent, the center, did go down at one point in the game, mm -hmm. and we had to bring somebody else in. But all these things to say, it's always going to be next man up. Injuries happen. But at the same point in time, too, you can't teach talent. And I just don't know um, if we bring the same amount of horses to the race that Bama does. And this is just me calling a spade a spade. Yep, we beat Ohio State. And this is the other piece, too, just talking about mentality. I think for several years, 
we had the Ohio State curse. And what do I mean by that? That I think there are several teams that wish they could have beat Ohio State. They didn't know they were going to beat Ohio State. And when you went out there and you watched them play, it kind of looked like they were wishy. Um, some of that stuff left during after my tenure. Um, I know when Chris played, it was like it was an expectation. Either if they came to the big house or we went to the shoot, y'all going to take this ass whooping. Some of that got lost as some of the um, transitions took place down down here in, in good old Ann Arbor. We're getting over that. I think the confidence and, and the will and the understanding and the know-how to beat the team from down south is starting to come back into the building. Now, can we get into that same mindset to beat an SEC school? I don't think it's just Bama or Georgia. I think it's the conference when we have to get out of Big Ten play and start playing these other powerhouse schools, especially the schools from, from the South, do we know we're going to win? I don't know if we're there yet mentality-wise. Everybody's going to say the the proper thing. Yep, we're, we're focused and one mindset and all of those sorts of things, which is great, which everything in which you're supposed to say. I just don't know if, if we're just whistling through the graveyard, if that makes sense. So that's my take. Rob, what's your perspective on that game versus Iowa? Well, yesterday I saw a mirror image of our defense. Those 147 yards that JJ threw, he had to work for every single inch. That's 46. What uh, what is it? 60 yards that uh, that that, that Blake got. Just he ran for every single inch, everything. Uh, only thing is they were they were lacking that offensive explosion. You know that Cade McNamara uh and uh. The tight end, all the their Michigan connection, them getting hurt, it really hampered them yesterday. Now, from a an Alabama perspective, we haven't beaten them since Tom Brady in that double overtime game. You know, uh, when they had Sean Alexander and guys, and uh, but we haven't seen this type of speed, this type of size, and this type of the symphony of violence South edition. You get what I'm saying? It's going to be a whole different thing. You know, With on the corners with guys like Kool-Aid, McKinstry, they're going to pretty much uh, – I want to say that they're, they're going to level out our receiver uh, – our passing game. Uh, one thing that I did notice yesterday is we are a lack of outside threats, brother. You know, uh, our receivers were pretty much shut down. Uh, Cornelius, you know, he had nine receptions, but everything was under 10 yards. They were hitches and comebacks and slants. You know, our tight ends drop balls, which wasn't, you know, uh, indicative mm -hmm. of, of us. That wasn't our, our, uh, you know, that's not our thing. And but also, I also saw uh, the Zach Zinner effect last night. Right, we had to move down. Everybody moved down one, and we were affected, man. We were affected. They got in. They got in the backfield on us. And uh, like you say, though, the right there in that box in that uh that tackle box. We're going to have some issues if we don't uh, straighten that up automatically. Now, before we get more into this Alabama matchup, I do want to talk about the uh, the rankings that were that were released uh, earlier today. Uh, so the Wolverines, of course, were the top seed, followed by the Washington Huskies, the Pac-12 champion. Texas jumped up to number three after winning the Big 12 championship. And then Alabama, of course, uh, beating Georgia. They're the number four seed. So, uh, Chris, um, hey, 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 real, real quick, that's nothing to take lightly either. 
for the fact that uh, us Michigan Wolverine fans, we've been waiting for a long time for this. You know what I'm saying? Now, we are number one going into the playoffs. Tip our hats to the old boys in blue, man. Let's go. So, uh, Chris, what are, uh, you think the committee got it right, these rankings? Listen, man. I mean, frankly, this has been a long year. I mean, I, I'm taking a long way to approach the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I did a deep dive on my radio show, and I did it for a month because I saw the fix. I, I see it every year. The SEC and ESPN have an ancestral relationship mm-hmm. where the they, they absolutely are propagandist for the SEC conference. I mean, I'm six, I'm 60 miles away from the SEC front office, okay? Uh, they have the mm-hmm. SEC network. They have every vested interest to have two teams. And, and they have a vested interest in Ohio State. These decisions aren't made by a committee anymore. They're made by the CEOs and general managers of ESPN, Walt Disney. And they saw what happened with Michigan and Ohio State. And they saw that number 19 million fans watching television. Uh, You have to understand, Mm -hmm. and you three brothers do, um, at the end of the day, more money, more problems. If you're on the long side of the equation, yes, sir. Uh, this is absolutely not about football anymore, but I wish that it was. The reality is, is that we're living in a time where clicks and lights and podcasts like this are causing revenue problems for Fox, ABC and others because it's a death by a thousand cuts. So what they're trying to do mm-hmm. is get the big boy and the big game. Now, do I think if football has something to do with it, should FSU been in? Based on the standards, they should have been in. They changed the rules of the game. Um, If, in fact, we just want the four best teams, then let's keep it a buck. We want the two best games. That's what this is. It wasn't about the teams. It's about what was going to bring and deliver the ratings. You got Bama. Is a regional school now. It's right here in Alabama. Sure, they have a big brand in terms of football, but it's still regional. Michigan is a national proven TV brand. They want, they never were going to, they tried to squeeze Michigan out of the playoffs mm-hmm. with sign stealing, which at the end of the day, in the SEC conference, if you're not sign stealing, you're not playing football. I mean, what they're calling sign stealing down here is what we see on Friday night lights in high school. I mean, we see it in college SEC conference. Never, You never heard the SEC comment one time on that issue because as a football coach, um, high school element, it's what you do as a part of the culture. But ESPN had to sell it to put pressure on Michigan to lose. It wasn't anything but more pressure to get them out. Now you see it. Now you see it. It, Ohio State had one shot. They told Ohio State up front, if you lose, you're out. But they never Gosh. told Florida State that. I'm, I'm sorry, but this is about the money. The two big games you're going to get are going to be phenomenal television. Uh, that Michigan-Bama game is going to be – it's going to hit that 20 million. Rose Bowl? L.A.? Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. You yeah. looking at – the best games, not the best four. Uh, okay, I mean that's just the hey, way Chris, I see it. Chris, 
Hey, hey, Chris, out of all due respect, brother, you made some very solid points, but I highly, dis I highly dis disagree with you. I don't know if you watched that game. It was on during the big blue game, but I actually watched that Florida State game when we uh, got out to a lead and we seen that Iowa pretty much was going to cause no threat offensively. Uh, Louisville damn near had that game one up to five minutes of that game. I'm sorry. That was not the best team and the best product that you will put on a center stage at a national show during, uh, during the playoff weekend. I'm sorry. You understand not something. That's not the standard. They, the standard, the, the rules know, were set by the committee, not by me or you. That, they right. set they the rules. They said the four best teams, correct? No, no, that's not the if standard. The standard up, was who was going to be the most deserved and who it's not who's the hottest team at this time. Let me tell you who's what. Undefeated. Young, who's undefeated? Let me undefeated. tell you something, young brother. I saw a live in oh, Alabama wow. last weekend, eight days ago. Hear me closely. Mm -hmm. You talk about Louisville. Auburn beat Bama. The last play yeah. of the game was a Hail Mary, bro. They beat Bama. Auburn is the, is, the, is the worst Auburn team in Auburn history. I saw Bama struggle against Arkansas. They won by three at the end. I saw Bama lose by 10 at home. If you lose by 10 at home, you lose by 10 at home. I saw... Bama struggle against South Florida. This Kool-Aid McKinstry has been getting burnt all year. This is not that Bama that they trying to protect. <laughs> this ain't that. This ain't that Bama team. This Bama team right here would have gotten beat by Ohio State. No doubt about it. This yeah, team what, right here what is other not team would have beat enough. that Georgia team, though? That's the question. What the George, the Georgia team, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Thomas speak on this. L let me give you a buck, man. They fixing mm -hmm. games down here, bro. I mean, the SEC and ESPN are making certain that Bama and Georgia don't even play every year. They play every four or five years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fix is in. So you got to understand, Georgia was put at one last week. They struggled against Georgia Tech. Bro, they, they should have lost that Georgia Tech game, and they still stayed at number one. Michigan should have climbed to number one last week when they beat O-State. Georgia right. struggled. Again, I, listen, when Brock Bowers got hurt, like you say about Florida State, that wasn't the same Georgia mm -hmm. team, bro. And so they never took Georgia down the third or fourth. They never did that. But you saw Bama play, and I watched Bama – I, I watch every. I go to their practices. I'm telling you, man. Michigan got a chance to win this football game. They're going to win this football game if they do what Thomas Guyon says. They're going to win a football game. This is not that Bama. They're not as disciplined. They're not as deep, and they're not as um, disciplined. And that combination, they were able to hide that with victories. Go back and look mm -hmm. at the numbers of how many they didn't get no shutouts. They they gave up more yards than ever before, and so from for the for the audience outside of Alabama, they're thinking, "Oh, this is the old Alabama," mm -mm. because I saw them just last weekend, and they got beat by Auburn, save for Hail Mary. Yeah. Their their weakness is the quarterback position. That hasn't been indicative, like I say, of those championship teams. Now, one thing that one thing in the interior line play, I want to respond to that. It, it, two things. One. The one thing that we lack at Michigan, and you all going to have to explain this to me, why we don't have a receiver that can take the top off. I don't, I, I don't understand. But the, the other thing, 
with, with that though, Chris. So I came in with Amani Toomer and Mercury Hayes. Facts. Okay. Mm. We've we had a Braylon Edwards. Facts. I had I put I played with Derek Alexander. Um I, Did you play with Diaz? Yeah, I played the with the greatest DS. freakiest athlete ever. Yeah. Yeah, with a hump in his back. Thanks. So all mm-hmm. of those things to be said is seemingly when we start looking at receivers, the prototype was in with the Mercury Hayes, especially DAs, six two, six three, six four guys. Long. That could that long that could jump out the gym. You could throw the 50-50 ball, and, and you had a mm-hmm. greater than 85% chance of coming down with that ball, right? One of the things in which I'm kind of sort of seeing it, and I don't know if we're just not recruiting them or are we just not landing those types of receivers. Roman Wilson, yes, great receiver. Now, is he a great rec- is he a great Big Ten receiver or is he a great receiver, period? And as I said before, my fear is we're getting back to the point where we are just Big Ten good. And when we get on the national stage, some way, somehow, our inadequacies, which are not magnified during the season based off the level of competition in which we play, never really get seen. And each year we get all of these hopes up. And once we kind of, you know, get put on that national center stage, some way, somehow, we always end up coming up a little bit short. Now, I want to attack this from the other side of it, too. My thoughts would have been, why not play hit Michigan against Washington in the Rose Bowl as the Pac-10 slash 12 is basically going to be no more. This was going to be the last opportunity when you speak about money. Washington is going to travel well just because of proximity. Michigan always travels well damn near wherever we go. And playing in the Rose Bowl, granddaddy of them all, leaders and best champions of the West, Mm -hmm. i.e., West mm-hmm. west of the Mississippi, you know, and that was our perennial bowl game to go to would have been the Rose Bowl, right? Why not pit those two teams together? And that's um, why I didn't mean to break you up, but that's the reason I yeah, say it was fixed. That's why I say it was fixed. You got to mm-hmm. understand what you're saying, how brilliant what you just said. It makes zero sense mm-hmm. for Michigan not to be playing in the Rose Bowl against a Pac-10 school. This is the last year of the playoffs. Did you you not miss what they did right there? They said, oh, we're going to look over Washington, Michigan with the natural big, you know, Pac-12, a Big Ten, and we're going to put you with Bama. Jordan Jordan wasn't supposed to lose. Hey, man, this is... And you all are very smart. This, to me, is the biggest psyop I've ever seen, man. I mean, mm-hmm. look at what they had to do to make this work. You know, I want to mm-hmm. go to one point, guys. And correct me if I'm wrong, did the young brother say it? Back in the day, if you look at a Kirk Ferentz football team, Lloyd Carr team, tough Bo Beckler team, even mm-hmm. if you didn't have a quarterback, we played with two quarterbacks. We, I play. Who do we have? Mike Taylor and Demetrius Bryant. Yep, bro. We didn't have one. We had two quarterbacks, and so we come back and say, "Well, you know, they don't have a quarterback." If you won the game six to nothing, it may have been a great day. If you won the game on defense, 
I'm not trying to be a purist, but playing defense is a part of being great. Mm -hmm. yeah. What they're trying to do is flip the psychology of the viewer to say, playing defense sucks. It's all about great offense. But it goes back to let's look at how the rules have changed the protection of the quarterback. Facts. All of the things that are now taking place in the NFL, it's about keeping it's about the attention span. Okay. Why don't Amer why don't Americans watch soccer? It's or both, football. Man. Because it's literally hey. like watching grass grow, right? And so hey, if you're having those, dig the long ball. And all that dig to the your point. Ball. At the end of the day, yep. you're looking for uh, a short attention spans, right? We are trying to acquiesce to those short attention spans. Right. And so if you're able to keep the game exciting, you got the deep balls coming in, you got the big runs. Um, obviously, us, the, the basically Neanderthals of, of the crew, we love the big hits. We understood the fact that this sport, this game that we love, is a gladiatorial sport. And we understood the risk and, and that this is what we signed up for. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all about player health and safety. I get that particular aspect because at the end of the day, going back to what you said before, Chris, when you look at sport, what is sport? It's entertainment. That's it. Caesar said, give them sport. It's a distraction from your mm -hmm. daily life. Now, mm -hmm. on the flip side of that, if I'm able to monetize – and make the most money possible with mm -hmm. the understanding that I have the perception that I'm smarter than the national audience that I am presenting <laughs> to. Mm -hmm. So all these things being said and being equal, if I can monetize and get the most bang for my buck and know mm -hmm. who my cash cows are with having, with having to do the least amount of work, why wouldn't I do it? Yeah. So, if I can get away the with it. The game itself. I'm sorry. If they can get away with it. They right, got away but... with it because FSU has the smallest footprint and the smallest fan base. And that's exactly the reason why that they didn't go, in my opinion. You're talking about who, dude, you're undefeated. You are conference champion. As a purist, the undefeated should have played the undefeated, right? From the Power Five scheduling, the Power, Power Five conference. So, but to your point, and you hit that nail on the head, who's going to travel the best? And because of the fact that you feel like they lost their two big guns, the quarterback, and I want to say the receiver had gotten hurt as well, they did not feel that they were going to be able to field a product that was going to solicit the amount of views that they wanted to get based off of the product that was going to be on the field. Makes sense. You know, the thing Makes is sense. about that product piece is interesting. I mean, if you look at FSU, man, look, what if we all, all four of us play for FSU right now? How would we feel, right? Broken. We came in the summers. We gave up our friends' friendship. Right. We gave up all of our vices. Uh, we, we gave up being a part of the, of the college community. Uh, and and we, we sold ourselves to this season. Bama, I keep saying this over and over. When Bama played LSU, LSU's quarterback went down the second quarter. Third quarter, they were losing. That's the only reason why Bama won is because the great quarterback at LSU went down. Yeah. Florida State beat LSU. Handily. Florida State beat Clemson at home, regardless of having a stanky year. Beating Clemson in Clemson 
Yeah, and Death Valley. Okay? <laughs> They're trying to convince us that beating Clemson, ah, that's no big deal. Wait a minute, two, three years ago, did they just play for the National Championship? Beating that's LSU, oh, that's no big yeah. deal. LSU was an out-of-conference game. So when you yeah. start looking at the standards, I'm looking at, wait a minute now, I'm right here in Bama, and I'm laughing because everybody in Alabama today, everywhere I go, they're like, this is not even a good Bama team. Ohio State and those guys had arguments, frankly, but the money and the monetization of the – I watch Fox. You tell me if I'm wrong. Why are the games on Fox 17, 20 minutes longer than on CBS? Because Bro. they're squeezing in more commercials. Mm-hmm. You can't even – look, if I were a lineman or a running back, you can't get going because right. of the commercials. I watched the NFL yeah, game go. today that was faster than the Michigan. I watched – and I'm trying to understand – where are we going with college football? Because I'm be honest with you, I feel like I'm watching more commercials than I am content. But the other piece to that, so the it's so funny you say that. I think it was the Maryland game, and it's that game seemed like it was damn near five and a half hours, based off the off the commercial breaks. Like I'm sitting there like, dog, we still in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All of the things that that we've been talking about here, um, it leads you to be like this as a viewer. If you're just a casual viewer watcher of the game, you some of this stuff may be going over over some people's heads. If you are a learned observer of the game and a astute student of the game, based off of schemes and understanding things of that nature, but also in 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 conference, if you will, all of the outside details that are spinning around the game to make the game, it makes you scratch your head because some of the things just don't make sense. And that, But as I said before, the game is not the game anymore because the game is now entertainment. Bad. So when you get away from sport to focus more on the entertainment aspect of things, if you are a purist or a person that really is about the history of what's taking place here, you're going to be disappointed. And I think our generation, especially as a Gen Xer, we see things in a very black and white sort of way. And that's all for this week's episode of Under the Wayne Helmet. Thank you to our sponsors, Jabs, Jim, and Juke. And a special thank you to Chris Horn for coming on today's show. Also, be sure to check out Under the Wing Helmet merchandise at ASAPElite.com. Come back next week where we go more in-depth about the game versus Alabama. And be sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also watch us on ASAPElite.com and the ASAPElite YouTube channel. For Thomas Gwines, Rob Penn, and Chris Horn, I'm Kyle Simmons. Go Blue! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.